All righty. Well, we've been dealing with the faith of the Son of God for uh, a number of weeks, a number of services. Uh, uh, really been dealing with it in our local fellowship and in the Zoom meeting both. And we're going to continue down that path tonight. I um, pray that we really hear this and uh, God just quicken it in our hearts and our minds. In the book of Romans tonight, we're going to begin in, in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. The Bible says here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Now, that's the New American Standard translation. The King James says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And this is what I want us to hear are in this scripture are, are really three things. You could say four, but but really three things here I really want you to see and to hear. And they are the righteous are just, the just. I want you to make a, if you're taking notes, make a note of this, the just, the just. And the second thing is shall live. And, you, you know, just to kind of gather our mind up there, in Adam all die, but here the just live, and how they live is by faith, by faith. The word by is a word that deals with origin, that means out of. So they live out of faith. It originates from faith. Okay. Now I'm going to deal with the just. And before I do that, I want to put out again, once again, the definition we've been using for faith. And I uh, put this down, part of it, like I said before, comes from a definition. Part of it, I, I guess I added to it, but I said faith is persuasion given of God according to Christ's finished work. It comes by hearing the good news. And this is kind of our foundational scripture. Faith is substance of things hoped for. 
So, so the faith that is substance is a persuasion according to Christ's finished work. And when you get into the word substance or assurance, it deals with a standing under a guaranteed agreement. And then, of course, the evidence being that, that God births in us according to that agreement, the guaranteed agreement. So faith is the substance, the assurance of what God has guaranteed in Christ in his finished work. And we are learning the substance of Christ. That's what we're learning as believers. We're coming to know his substance, his person. And the just shall live by faith. The just. I love that. The just shall live by his faith. You know, Habakkuk said, the just shall live by his faith. Not just faith, but his faith. And that's what this comes out of. If you go back to the book of Habakkuk, two and one. The Bible says, and Jehovah answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain up on tables or tablets that he may run that read of it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time and it hasteth toward the end and shall not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it because it will surely come it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright in him. But the righteous shall live by faith. So Habakkuk was speaking of a day of righteousness by faith. And he was instructed to write the vision that he saw and that this vision was for an appointed time. And in the book of Galatians, it tells you that they were kept under the law till faith was revealed till the appointed time came. So this same Appointed time here, all of Israel, all, all men were concluded under the law till that time come. In Galatians 3, where this is at, if you turn over to Galatians 3, and what's, what's interesting with Galatians 3, it's a whole lot like Romans 3. Galatians 3.22 says, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin. Romans 3 says this too, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all are under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor 
or King James says, schoolmaster to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs, according to the promise. So we're justified by faith. And we're dealing as the just shall live by faith. And we're dealing with the just. And the word justified, the definition is declared righteous. Declared righteous. Now, I want to say this to you. You can read your Bible. And your Bible tells you you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? And you can agree with that. But it doesn't necessarily mean you feel that way. Okay? And you say, well, it's not all by feelings. Okay? But God wants you to feel that way. Okay. So he doesn't want you just to read it in the Bible, and you should read it in the Bible. But he wants you to know this very truth that you have been declared righteous by the faith of the Son of God. And he wants you to know how he has declared you righteous. How could God declare me righteous? How's that possible? He declares you righteous in his son. That's the answer to the question. The just... And I really want you to pick up on this. I keep saying it, shall live by faith. Okay? Shall live. So I want us to really get a hold of the just. And then we're going to get a hold of the next piece, shall live. Out of faith. So... Romans 3, we, we mentioned Romans 3, so just flip over there, flip over to Romans 3. It says, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. There's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. 
This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So when I come to have faith in Jesus, when I come to believe in Jesus as a sinner, what did I believe Jesus to do? In the basic work of salvation, I believed he was the propitiation for my sins. I believe he took my sins. And Christians, if you've been born again, you've believed that. <laughs> you have believed to a certain measure that God laid upon him the sins of the world. <laughs> that upon Christ was laid the guilt, the shame of the world. That the shameless was shamed. So, so that's you, you know, the interest of this thing, the propitiation. And God passed over our sins and his forbearance because he laid them on Christ. Because he laid them on Christ. But that's not the fullness of our justification. Is that he laid the sins upon Christ. That's a part of it, but that's not the fullness of it. And that part of it, I believe, has been where a lot of Christians have walked in their hearts and their minds, because we walk in our hearts and our minds according to what we know of the Lord. That's how we walk. And they've walked in that understanding that God laid up on Jesus the sins of, her all, of us all, but that hasn't fulfilled the heart of being justified. And now, if you flip over to Romans 4, I want to show you something. Romans 4. Romans 4. Verse, start at 22, says, Speaking of Abram, Abraham, therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him for righteousness, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. See, we not only believe that God laid on him our sin, we believe that God raised him from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. See, here's our acquittal. Here's the judicial act of God acquitting us from the sins of the past 
and bringing us into new life is right here in the person of Jesus Christ. He was delivered for our transgression and raised for our justification. We live by him. That's where we're pronounced righteous. That's where we're pronounced just, is in his resurrection. That's it. I'm pronounced just in his resurrection because Jesus was raised out from the dead. Not just, I said this this morning, he, he wasn't just raised out from dead bodies. He was raised out from the dead. He was born into the dead. He took upon him a for, the form of a servant to die the death of the cross in order to bring us out from the dead. That's our justification. We're justified in his life. And his life is out from Adam. It's not in Adam. It's not in Adam. It's out from Adam. That's our justification. That's what is received of God. That's where we're received at in God. Okay? We're not received as the old man. And, and the concept that God just forgave my sins, and I'm still the old man, is a bad concept. Because that doesn't bring us out from the dead. But see, the acquittal of God is that when he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried. And when he was raised, we were raised with him. In order that new life, or to us life, would be made known. Because till we were quickened with Christ, we didn't know life. The just shall live by faith. So we've been made justified in Jesus Christ because he's raised us with himself. And he's the just one. So we're justified because we're raised with him. And that's what is just before God is Christ. You, you, you get a hold of this. He didn't raise the whole Adamic race from the dead. He raised Christ from the dead. And us by him. Us in him. Because Jesus is the just and righteous one. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And our life 
is now found in him. They came out from the dead. And we live by the faith of the Son of God. And that's what Paul writes in the book of Galatians, Brother Jim's favorite verse, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He was my acquittal from sin. But the life that I live, if I, if I am comprehending life at all, I'm comprehending him. That's life. Jesus told us that. He is the life. I am the resurrection and the life. So if I have any comprehension of life, I have a comprehension of Christ. And that comprehension of Christ is how I live. That's how I live in the flesh. Else we'd be like Paul said to the Corinthians, you're carnal and you walk as men, because if you're not walking out of the comprehension of Christ, what are you walking out of? You're walking out of the sight, the knowledge, and the understanding of man. And that's what Paul told the Corinthian believers. You're yet carnal, and you walk as men. You're not walking by faith. You're walking by men, as men. We, we aren't to walk as men. We're to walk in comprehension of Jesus Christ. Live in comprehension of Jesus Christ. Well, that brings a great responsibility upon us. You know, it's a great responsibility to live in comprehension of Jesus Christ because then I have to receive you all as one. I have to receive his body the same as me if I live in comprehension of Jesus Christ. Because he's made us all one. <laughs> it's a pretty good place to be. So in this justification, in this place of justification, his life is made manifest to us. Because that's the just justified one. What did Jesus say in John 17? One of my probably favorite scriptures in the Bible, John 17 and verse 5. And I've preached this a lot of times just looking at it in, in Jesus by himself. Read verse 4 and 5. He says, I have glorified thee on the earth. Or even, here, here I go, back up to 3. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. 
with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. All right, the power of this statement is it applies not only to him, but it applies to you and I. Because Jesus goes on to say, the glory thou has given me, I have given them. That's what he goes on to say. The glory thou has given me, I have given them. I in them. Now, here you go. Thou in me. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. What's his glory? Father, glorify me with thine own self. <laughs> that we would behold the glory of God. That's what he's saying, that we would behold the glory of God, that God's divine person, nature, would be made real in you and me. Not just words on a page that we read that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but the words on the heart. The word who is Christ written upon our heart and our mind, declaring us the righteousness of God in Christ. And you're talking about justification of life. We have some justification of life. I was looking at some things, and I'm just going to throw this out at you in Romans 8. I believe it's Romans 8 anyway. If that, yep, 8 verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from that from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I wrote a note here, life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who is in you. Paul talks of death that is in the mortal body. Sin dwelling in the body. Here he says, 
the spirit will infuse us with life. I get a hold of that. Get a hold of what he's saying. If I go back and read Romans 1 up to 8, Paul, I believe, is in chapter 7, probably 6 and 7. 6, he says, let not therefore sin reign in your mortal bodies. I believe it's in Romans 7, he gets into saying to the believers there that sin dwells in their bodies. Now, I clearly don't have all the understanding of this, but I'm just, you know, sharing some things with you. Here he says, now, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, see, see, before this body, this body, our earthen vessel, function as a body of sin because of the nature of sin that was in us. How many can agree with that? I, I believe we all can, because the nature of sin that was in us, this body functioned with the nature that was in us. Now, Paul says, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, he will give life to this body, the mortal body that used to function in sin. That now this instrument that was an instrument of unrighteousness becomes the instrument of righteousness. Now, when I, when I say this, I want to clarify this because, because people went down this line of, of saying, you know, of naming all the sins and this, that, and the other. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the righteousness of Christ. This body was an instrument for the death of Adam, right? Same body. Same body. I've, <laughs> I would like to say when I received the Lord, I got a new physical body. A lot of people teach that. Well, we became a new body. We're now the body of Christ. Or before we were the body of Adam. But we, being, even being the body of Christ, we still have the same, what, physical body. I watched Brother Bob through the years grow older in the physical body. I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense. I've just known him for years, and he's watched me grow old in a physical body. I have the same physical body. But what I believe Paul is saying is that this life of Christ that's in us will infuse life even to this body that one time only brought forth decay. That's what I'm saying. That now it's an instrument of righteousness. Who is Christ? Used to be an instrument of unrighteousness. Who was Adam? 
Now this same body is a righteousness or an instrument of righteousness. Who is Christ? Because we are the body of Christ. Now, now the justification of the Lord is we're in him. That's the justification of the Lord. The just shall live by faith. So his life is now infused in our souls and our minds. It is. His life's in us. Now, people say, well, I don't believe this can happen because I'm in the flesh. No, Apostle Paul said, frankly, you are not in the flesh if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. Twenty six. You're no longer in the flesh. Well, you didn't get out of the flesh by physically dying. You got out of the flesh by Jesus Christ dying to the flesh. And bringing you into that death. And you come into his life by Jesus Christ coming into you. Because you couldn't come into his life any other way. Till he comes into us, we're trapped under the law, trying to be righteous by our own self-effort. See, that's what the law does, is it enslaves me to my own self-effort. And I try to perform good enough for God. And if, I, if I'm a Christian and I'm walking according to the law, I'm probably one of the most frustrated people on the earth. Because by observing the law, I can't find the righteousness of God. When I start observing Christ by the Spirit of God, I come to know God's verdict. That's what righteousness is. is a verdict that was made through Jesus Christ. A judgment seat, just like we dealt with last Sunday night. A judgment that's upon our heart. You're dead to the world but you are alive to God in Christ. That's the verdict. You're the just to live by his faith, by his assurance. Now, if I call it his faith, and we've been talking about his faith, we know our faith, like we, we, we become assured in something and, and we have to come into God believing. I believe that with all my heart. I have to come to him believing that Jesus is who he says he is, that God does what God says. I, I believe that, honey. I really believe that. But now if I come and I, and I just think on this for a second, what about the assurance of Christ? You know, we, we, we've read a number of places, the faith of God, the faith of the Son of God. If we look at faith like we have in ourselves many times, and we look at it, God's assurance. How sure do you think God is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? 
<laughs> Ask yourself that. How sure is the Lord? He's completely sure that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ did exactly what he desired. It accomplished exactly his will. It accomplished exactly his intent. It accomplished exactly his determined output, his fullness. That's how sure the Lord is. The sureness of God is in Christ. So when his sureness starts coming alive in our hearts, we come to really understand now we are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now we are the body of Jesus Christ, being filled with all the fullness of God. Because that's what he brought forth this body to do, to be filled with his divine fullness. Now, what a fellowship we have. What a fellowship of God we have. That God's infusing us, you could say, filling us with himself through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through the revealing of Jesus Christ, our Lord. God's own self is being made known to us. How he sees things, how he thinks of things. I'm going to share this and be done tonight. Brother Dale and I were talking, uh, I believe it was earlier this week. We were talking about the fire of God. And it just, as we begin to talk, it just, become plain to me. When you are in the fire of God, it burns up the flesh. Okay, what does that mean? It removes the understanding of the carnal man. It's not even here anymore. It burns it up. Okay, that's one thing it means, it, it literally burns it up. So you don't, you, for example, you don't pick up John 14 and read in my father's house or many mansions and start looking for buildings in the sky because the fire of God has cleansed you from that. It's burnt that up. You pick that up and you look at the building of God. You see as he sees in regards to the truth that's in Christ. So the light of his appearing burns up this natural, carnal mind. And, and it burns it up so good that you don't even think that way anymore. Do you not think it, do you, do you not even consider that? Some of the things you used to think about God, you don't even think that anymore. The reason you don't think it is because of the fire of God. 
He has cleansed your mind. He has transformed your soul. Yes, he has. And will continue to do so. But that's what it does. It removes the dross. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So now we are looking at this, and I mentioned one more time, we'll end, the just shall live by faith. To live, Paul says, is Christ. Just kind of, kind of want to leave it there. That if I live, I'm living by that of him. I ain't talking about mere natural existence. I'm talking about living. Because Jesus identified himself as life. I am the life. And I have come that you might have life. And now we have life through the faith of the Son of God. We don't get life anywhere else. You and I can't earn life. We get life through the comprehension of Jesus Christ in our souls by the Spirit of the living God revealing him within. Well, I'll stop right there.